0: Welcome to the PSDcast of Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Jason Lumbert, and in this episode, we're discussing 5G and what it will take to build out the infrastructure. Now, it's no exaggeration to say that 5G will transform telecommunications as we know it and further enable the Internet of Things, but a lot of work remains. In the race to deploy 5G technologies, we have to make sure we choose the right RF systems and products to provide the greater 5G infrastructure. And of course, we have to find a suitable way to deal with all the endemic security issues and hopefully address at least some of the international factors that could delay a a wider 5G rollout. Now, on today's show, we've got a 5G subject matter expert, Paul Hart from NXP Semiconductors, and we're excited to learn more about the future of 5G. So, Paul, welcome to the show. And as things stand right now, what's, what's the biggest obstacle to a wider 5G rollout?
1: Well, uh, hello, Jason, and thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a really great question. Uh, when I think about, you know, obstacles to 5G rollouts, you know, I, I really think about uh, um, different obstacles existing in different regions. So, if we look at the U.S., for example, we're seeing some 5G deployments starting by, by, you know, Verizon and, and millimeter wave spectrum, and we're seeing some, some network reforming being done by, uh, you know, AT&T and and and. And T-Mobile, and you know, we t- hear talks about Sprint at developing a, a network at 2.6 gigahertz. Really, I think what's what's holding this region back is um, mid-band, the availability of mid-band spectrum, and and really the need to free up spectrum uh, in in the three and a half gigahertz range to really take advantage of a lot of the 5G. Um, uh, components products, technologies that have been developed uh, for global um, uh, use cases and and make them available in the u s and If I start looking at Europe, for example, I think they have some different uh, challenges. not all of the uh, spectrum has been auctioned, not all of the operators have licenses and there 's a bit more of uh, um, you know maybe a, a look and wait and see attitude towards uh, see, you know seeing the impact of 5 g in some of the regions there. And if we look at China, uh, you know I think that um, they're starting to get moving now. They've got a lot of uh, uh, they've got big growth plans and deployment plans for 2020 and late 2019. And there some of the challenges they see is really uh, material component availability, uh, how quickly can uh, vendors like uh, like NXP produce our components and our customers produce their their radios and infrastructure equipment, and how fast can we these these uh, equipment uh, make it to the the towers? And we also have some highlights for, with regions like South Korea already having turned on full nationwide 5G coverage and, and seeing in data consumption absolutely explode. So, um, impediments or, or obstacles, I think, are, are, are varied and, and they actually are more regionally regional specific than um, you know a single obstacle uh, holding back the whole whole global uh, deployment of 5G. But um, uh, everything that's in front of us—I mean, all the all the obstacles are, are really surmountable—and uh, I think that we'll see uh, as we roll into 2020 and 2021 that the 5G um, engine just really starts rolling across all regions, and we start to see very, very uh, fast uh, operator adoption. So right, it's a pretty Exciting right. time.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, now speaking of speaking of China, I'm sure you've been following the news and you've seen the, the free world's general reluctance to trust the Huawei with, with their 5G telecom needs. And since Huawei is such an industry juggernaut, this could definitely gum up the works. But um, strictly from an industry perspective, you know, how will some of uh, some of these factors affect the, the, the greater 5G deployment?
1: Well, I mean, on it, it, the the Huawei wild card, as you as you phrased it, is um uh, is, is a big is a very significant factor. Really, I mean, they're the largest producer of of infrastructure equipment in the world. I have, in terms of you know volumes of radios and baseband units that are that they manufacture are you know they're just they're just the are high, higher than the competition. And so when I think about risk to the industry, I think about taking that large. Component of the supply chain potentially either out of the market or down in, in capacity, and all of that having an impact of slowing down global deployment. I mean, we can talk about regional specific issues, but but fundamentally, you know, I think that the risk is that the the deployment on a, on a global scale reduces uh, simply because the availability of the Huawei equipment isn't there um, across the regions.
0: That to me is yeah, the biggest
1: makes, risk. Okay. Um, I, I, I personally think that a lot of the, you know, the, the IoT aspects of, of 5G are coming. You know, th- those things will get delayed, as they have the risk to get delayed as well, and and we really see, uh, um, you know, more uh, dissatisfied uh, users, I guess, uh, mobile network users as as a result. But beyond that, I, I think that's. That, those are more uh, beyond that. Is more complicated questions. So, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. right, right. Well, you know, once w- once we're able to get past all the roadblocks, in, including that, you, you know, what are some of the most important RF technologies that'll help build out the five G five in, G infrastructure?
1: Okay, now you're asking a question that I'm I'm, I'm very uh, passionate about. So so thanks <laughs> thanks for that. So so you know when, I think of, when we think about five G, what's interesting is that. Unlike 4G or 3G before that, there is not a, a one-size-fits-all uh, aspect to, to 5G infrastructure. Um, we don't have uh, a network that's going to conclude of, of macro base stations rolling out in two or three key frequency bands across the world. Instead, we have an absolute myriad of solutions uh, and implementations for 5G uh, spanning, you know, very high power systems uh and in low frequency ranges like 600 megahertz which you know T-Mobile is focused on in some of their 5G use cases spanning all the way up to 28 and 39 gigahertz for for these real millimeter waves ultra high capacity uh uh scenarios and when we look at that that range, there's not a one technology that fits all, but really a, a collection of, of technologies that, that are going to have to be leveraged in order to, to meet the, the power. Uh, cost and uh, uh, linearity challenges across frequency uh, uh, in all these different uh, implementations. So, so for me, it's it's really a question of of and you know which which technologies have to fit together to you know simultaneously to make 5G a reality. And uh, in, in that means, you know, it's really a question of pretty diverse investments. And inside NXP, we've done some interesting things. We've we've chosen to focus on three fundamental technologies that we think are absolutely instrumental in making 5G a reality. We we focus on uh, the historical uh, silicon Eldimos, which we've uh, been developing for over 20 years now, and are really the industry leader in, in the, both in terms of performance and capacity. And we, we've engineered that technology to be better aligned with these mid-band frequency ranges and, and um, a little bit lower power levels per antenna element, right, uh, which we see in the, the sub-6 gigahertz massive MIMO uh, use cases. We've engineered that, and then we've really focused on, on cost and integration as a means of driving, um, improving, uh, reducing the size of the radios, and also improving radio uh, reliability and performance and then we complement that that Moss with a strong focus on gallium nitride uh for um higher performance levels 3.5 gigahertz as power goes up and we start looking at 32 16 8 transmitter radios um we we really have a, a, a gallium nitride uh technology focus that that is really you know driving us forward in the market and we're seeing an extremely strong growth there and then we complement all of that with a strong investment in um, our proprietary uh, silicon germanium, which is uh, the workhorse for our millimeter wave 5 uh, g portfolio, where we, we look at highest levels of integration while still meeting uh, high power levels and, and really uh, stringent linearity requirements and so for us at NXP, we, we treat five G infrastructure really from the technology first, realizing that you know our, our solutions will have to comprise elements of SiGe of and gallium nitride and, and silicon LDMOS together to get the best performance and cost trade-off, and really find the solutions that enable each one of the unique five G use cases to be successful.
0: So, mm-hmm. you know, for me,
1: it's 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 a question of, of almost all of the above, <laughs> but they all have right. to work very well.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, con- conversely, and at, at the risk of being a tad redundant, you know, what are some of the, the key technologies that five G will enable?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, and, and there's been a lot of talk about five G in- enabling technologies uh, over the last number of years. And if we if we go back a few years, there was lots of talk about. Uh, you know, uh, IoT applications, Industry 4.0, how are we going to automate factories, autonomous driving, all those sorts of things. If we fast forward to, you know, end of June 2019, what we're seeing is that the 5G deployments thus far have been almost exclusively about data. They've been about delivering higher data to the the customers, to to the users. And we see when we look at these 5G systems that the higher order systems do deliver... Um, a lower cost per gigabyte for data uh, for the operators, and so that is really what's driving the, the initial deployments is a data first focus. But that, in my mind, is, is just the tip of the iceberg because while operators can can focus on data first, and that's that's really the the, the demand that's out there in, in the, the from the existing user base. Once the infrastructure is in place, then all of the more um, uh, exotic or, or Potentially high-growth use cases like like the IoT, uh, like factory automation, like uh, um, you know even getting as far as autonomous driving become re- you know possibilities. So I, I see really the backbone getting built on the on the, the need for for higher data rates and and really reducing the cost of data delivery to the operators first, and then. Then we'll see a lot of these more interesting use cases open up. Um, when we look at NXP, obviously we're really focused on IoT as a, as a, a, a center of our um, strategic plan. We focus on edge computing, all of which need high data rates, uh, um, you know, to, to get the, the data back onto the core. We're looking at fifty billion or more connected devices, all requiring security and. And 5G is really, in our minds, one of the key backbones, a key pillars of this whole uh, IoT revolution.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And of course, you know, we're we're also uh, almost 50% of our business goes to this comes from the automotive industry. So, so really, the the concept of the connected vehicle and the vehicle the infrastructure, vehicle to vehicle communications. Spanning all the way towards autonomous driving in the, in the end state is really something that we're pretty excited about and bullish about as well. And so, so for us, you know, it's it's really kind of an additive approach where 5G infrastructure is, becomes a key enabler and then allows us to to really help bring a lot of these more exotic use cases um, to reality. And, and all of it, I think, is is uh, is, a good, is a good good deal for the industry. Right? It's it's going to make things just work better and smarter.
0: Right. Okay. Well, last but certainly not least, I, I understand NXP s- recently made a a huge announcement related to its five G RF portfolio. And mm-hmm. c- could you give us the executive overview? You know, why is this such a big deal?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, in a, in a nutshell, you know, we've we've really been a, a very strong historical player in, in wireless infrastructure. What wasn't clear, I think, to to many, and this, uh, you know. It was clear to our, our key customers, but less clear to, I think, many in the industry and many of the, the uh, um, newcomers in the uh, 5G infrastructure space, you know, some of the um, smaller players that are coming in as ODMs, etc., was the breadth of the portfolio that, that we've really built. And I, what I wanted to make clear is that you know we've developed whole new product uh, portfolios for, for sub-6 gigahertz uh, 5G, spanning all the, the, the transmit and receive functions that are required at the front of the radio. We've made a whole portfolio for millimeter wave applications, spanning all the global frequency bands, whether we talk about 28 or 39 gigahertz in the U.S., 24, 26 gigahertz in China. Um, all of that is, has been developed. We have a, a really strong portfolio uh, portfolio of um, high-power products for more traditional applications, and we're really driving integration as a huge focus for us as a corporation to make these systems not only um, smaller in size, but more cost-effective for, for our customers and for the operators so that 5G deployments can accelerate. And I think I thought it was interesting at this point, to tell more of the broad story of the focus fr- from us in NXP. Uh, not so much the product-specific details, but more of the, the why. You know, Why are we building all this? Why have we put so much effort in? And, and really, the, the reason is because There is no one-size-fits-all solution for for 5G infrastructure. It's it's different for each operator, and uh, that means that uh, the supply chain needs to have a very comprehensive uh, set of solutions. And and that's really what NXP has invested over the last five years to create. So the the announcement was about what we've done to make the industry work. And uh, that was pretty, uh, pretty pivotal, pretty exciting for me to be able to share that.
0: Mm -hmm. That that sounds good. Well, thanks for all the great information, Paul. Um, On behalf of PSD, I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in.